Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Hope for Our Times. I'm Kurt Reed from Calvary Chapel Harvest Life in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I'm glad to have you here today. I'm going to be filling in for Pastor Tom Hughes. And uh, man, we've got a lot to cover tonight, and I think it's going to be really, really interesting. First, I want to share uh, this evening at 6 p.m. on my own channel uh, at Calvary Chapel Harvest Life. You can check us out on YouTube, 6 p.m. tonight. We've got a special guest that's going to be joining us. Uh, we're going to be Zooming in. Pastor and evangelist Don Perkins is going to be with us. And guys, I know you, you love him. It's going to be a fantastic, fantastic evening, so I certainly hope that you can uh, join us for that. So first, let's pray, and we're going to continue on the second part of Globalism Rising, having to do with the false prophet. But first, let's pray, and we're going to get right on to it tonight. Lord, we thank you for, uh, man, we thank you for your word. Lord, your word is living and active, Lord. Your word draws us to you. Your word gives us hope. Lord, you haven't given us a spirit of fear, but Lord, you have given us everything that we need. Uh, you've given us yourself. Lord, you have forgiven us of our sins. You love us, Lord God, and you've given us your word to encourage us and to let us know the things that will be coming upon this world. And so, Lord, we lift this time up to you. We pray that you would just uh, bless this time now in Jesus' Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. All right, guys, so check this out. Tonight, second part of our study, Globalism Rising, part two of that. Last week was part one dealing with the Antichrist and uh, the global uh, global world system, global government. Tonight is part two, the false prophet and global religion. Uh, check out this. Uh, that's, a, that's a pretty creepy photo, if you ask me. And by the way, uh, thank you, Pete Garcia, uh, for uh, providing that uh, photo for me. He actually sent that photo to me probably a year ago or, or so now. And uh, man, I, I, I love that photo. Um, it's interesting art. So, all right. So we're going to get right on to it. Like I said, we've got a lot to cover, the false prophet and all. Let's uh, talk about this here for a while. The false prophet's going to come on the scene, right? We know that. We read, and we're going to get into those verses here shortly as we continue in our text in Revelation chapter 13. That's really what we are using last week with the false prophet, or last week with um, the uh, uh, Antichrist, this week with the false prophet, and next week uh, with uh, the mark of the beast. So uh, again, our text is all out of Revelation chapter 13. But the false prophet, you know, he's going to come on the scene and uh, officially in the tribulation period that we read about uh, in the word, Old and New Testament alike, he's going to be the backup. He's going to be the supporter. He's going to be the religious propaganda arm of the final empire that we read about in Daniel chapter 7 and elsewhere in the word. He's going to come alongside the Antichrist, the final Antichrist, and he's going to be, again, the religious arm of that global system. He's, I mean, we understand... He, 
for the false prophet to do what he's going to do. He's going to be an influencer. He's going to seek uh, domination of, of daily faith and practice by people worldwide, by those that are left behind, using his, uh, what, his weaponized form of religion to be the means to the end. In fact, literally uh, to the end. Now let's look here in Revelation chapter 13 and uh, let's pick up here in verse 1. First of all, then I stood on the sand of the sea and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads, ten horns, and on his ten crowns, and on his, uh, and on his ten crowns, and on his heads, there you go, a blasphemous name. Now, we know that this is talking about the final Antichrist. We went into that uh, and the following verses with some detail, but let's skip ahead here to verse 7. Check this out. It says, it was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. Those are the tribulation saints, the ones who have come to the Lord after the rapture of the church. And it says, and authority was given to him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. So we know we're still speaking here about the Antichrist, and he's going to be making war with the saints. Let's look on. And all who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So those who are not the saints are going to worship him. Those who um, who uh, don't come to Christ during that period of time, they're going to worship the Antichrist and the final false prophet. He's going to help them do so. That's going to be his goal, his purpose, the role that he is going to be playing. It says now, let's pick up here in verse 11. It says, then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon and he exercises all authority of the first beast in his presence, causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the beast, the first beast, speaking of the Antichrist, whose deadly wound was healed. We talked about that last week. He performs great signs so that what he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth and in the sight of man. And so the Antichrist, he's going to be doing all of these signs and, and lying wonders and all of these kinds of things. Look, what God provides, Satan perverts, right? And and the enemy, look, he's a masquerader. He's a liar. He's got his minions. He's got those that he influences and all. And the false prophet is one of those that will uh, clearly be influenced. And again, he performs great signs so that he makes fire come down from heaven on earth in the sight of man. Verse 14, and he deceives those who dwell on the earth. Now, not the saints, not those who come to Christ during that time. But remember, those who uh, accept the first beast, the Antichrist, he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. Now look at verse 15. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. So, guys, I mean, this is serious stuff here. 
This is serious stuff. Now, do we see in these last days, do we see things coming together in forming uh, this global religion, this one world religion? Guys, I've been looking at this for so many years now, and I can say categorically the answer is yes. We do see that coming together. And man, I'll tell you what, we could spend hours just on, on covering that topic alone. We don't have that much time tonight. But let's look at this here. Uh, just as an example, now, uh, the Roman Catholic Church, they represent, the Pope represents or, or is over, over one billion people on planet Earth call themselves Roman Catholics today. If I'm correct, I think it's somewhere around 1.3 billion people. He has great influence, doesn't he? Let's look at this uh, video that I'm going to show. Actually, let's look at this article right here uh, first. Pope hosts a tree planting ritual where indigenous uh, uh, people bow to a topless pregnant statue right there on Vatican grounds, guys. I mean, this is, uh, this is serious stuff. The ceremony looks, uh, I mean, uh, I don't even know what to say. Well, in fact, it says here in this article on LifeSite News, it says the ceremony looks like it was lifted from the Berkeley campus in the 1960s, uh, commented uh, one particular guy on this. Uh, in fact, it says in this article, Vatican City, in a move which most likely will heighten the concerns of critics uh, of the upcoming, which was, this was now four years ago, uh, Amazon Synod, Pope Francis today participated in a highly symbolic tree planting ceremony in the Vatican Gardens where indigenous leaders offered prayers for the earth and people bowed before carved images of pregnant women. Literally, they brought uh, idols onto Vatican grounds. The Pope was there. Other um, uh, Catholic leaders were there, and they were all witnessing this whole thing and gave their approval to it. Check this out. You're not going to hear anything here El for a moment. Del Padre, del Filio, dello Spirito Santo. Laudato si, mi Signore, cantava San Francisco. Now, if you look right there, you'll see in the very center, kind of like a blanket kind of thing, and those two statues that were right there. Those two statues that were right there, those are fertility gods or fertility goddesses, images carved by, by human hands that were brought in to be worshipped. Now, let's look here at this next video. Here they're kind of uh, dancing around. I have another video, but I'm not going to show it today, where it shows them bowing um, to these fertility gods. Think about that. Right there on Vatican grounds. Crazy stuff. But we're seeing all of this come together here in these last Days, Like I said, I don't have the photo for you there, but they, they're, th then they go and they're all bowing down and lying prost uh, prostrate uh, before uh, these images and all. Paganism. Paganism right there. Now, so what is going to be the Antichrist approach? 
or not the Antichrist, I'm sorry, the false prophet. What's going to be his approach? His approach is going to be you to unite, right? The false prophet is going to unite the world religious system, the world's religions, unite. It's going to be like a pseudo love kind of a thing. All roads lead to Rome kind of approach. Check this out right here. One world religion headquarters set to open next year they've already opened now this was now from uh, one or two years ago uh, in this article back to jerusalem.com and there you see there's a mosque right there this is in uh, abu uh, dubai there is a mosque there is a synagogue and there is uh, a church, but it's the false church. And they've all come together there. The One World Religion Headquarters um, is going to be called the Abrahamic Family House and has been built there on an island in the Middle Eastern city of Abu Dubai. The headquarters is, uh, has been done in cooperation with Pope Francis and a Sunni Muslim leader after they both signed a global peace covenant called the Document of Human fraternity or uh, fraternity uh, for world peace i mean guys this is what they are doing right now they're bringing together they're trying to bring together uh christianity guys it's not only the catholic church that's involved with this but christianity now it's the false christianity it's the false church right uh, you've got islam you've got uh the jewish faith there's others and i believe it is going to continue to grow in fact uh this right here is uh another picture right there uh chrislam speaking about the uniting together of christianity and islam you can't do that Right. But that's what the false church is doing. And by the way, I want to make something clear here for just a moment. I am not saying that Pope Francis uh, is or is not or or, or or will become or whatever um, the false prophet. I have no idea who the false prophet um, is going to be. We're going to be up and out of here before the false prophet and before the, the final Antichrist is revealed. What I'm saying is what this pope is doing is very false prophetic <laughs> or false prophetish, all right, in, in what he's doing. Is he going to be the one? Is it going to be a different pope? Is it going to be someone who's not a pope? Look, we can't say for sure, but the point of this is that we're seeing these things come together right now at the same time we're seeing this globalism push uh politically with the world economic forum and and uh, many other different entities uh the world uh, bank and and we're seeing the un so many the bilderbergers all of that we're seeing all of these things come together uh really simultaneously but anyhow in this picture if you look at this picture here um again you see there Pope Francis and leaders of world religions, the world's religions, formally adopt that human fraternity, uh, or for, I can't say that word, frat, uh, fraternity document. There we go. So, and, and what are they talking? They're calling for peaceful coexistence, guys. You know those bumper stickers that are on so many people's cars? Look, you can't coexist in a lie, and it's a lie. Right. It was attended by over 108 religious 
and world leaders. So guys, it's all coming together, exactly like the Word of God says. It's all got to be ready, lined up, ready to go, so that when God says it's time, it, it's, already, it's already ready to go, folks. So check this out here from Breitbart. Vatican tells Muslims Ramadan is important for Christians, too. What? You have got to be kidding me. Ramadan is important for Christians, and that's coming from the Vatican. Together, again, this is what we're talking about with this whole chrislam, with this whole global and one world religion and all. Folks, I mean, this is, this is bad news. It's bad news. It's ba absolutely uh, bad to the core. Now, the Antichrist, or I'm sorry, I keep on saying the Antichrist, the false prophet, he's got to have his team, all right? Because he can't be everywhere at one time, multiple places at the same time. He's a human being, right? So he's got to have his team. He's also not all-powerful. So he's going to have this team that he's got to utilize. Well, what will that team be? Well, it's going to be deceiving spirits will be a part of that team. False teachers, false prophets, those leaders that will be, I believe, over each of those 10 global areas that we were reading about last week, right? And he's going to have those that are going to supervise those individual uh, 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 areas in the world globally. Now, something else that I find very interesting is that we see, again, what God provides, Satan loves to pervert. So we see in the Godhead, we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, right? What do we have? One God identified in these three, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What do we see when we look in chapter 13 of Revelation? The unholy trinity, Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet, the Antichrist who will literally be possessed by Satan halfway through the tribulation. So Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. So Satan, uh, again, he tries to mimic the things of God the Father. The Antichrist, or pseudo-Christ, right, he tries to mimic the things of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We talked a little bit about that last week, too. The false prophet, he will attempt to mimic the things of the Holy Spirit and signs and wonders, all of these kinds of things. And so it's, it's fascinating what, what we see here in the Word and what is really starting to come together. You know, we talk about the, the song from, I don't know, decades ago now, We Are the World. But man, this is going to be the We Are the World on steroids from a religious standpoint. And he's going to reach across all of the uh, religious denominational aisles, so to speak, the Antichrist will, to do uh, what he's going to do. You know, I mean, so it's just absolutely it's just uh, bad news when you think about it. And then, you know, when we think of this right here, this book right here, Prophecy 2020 by uh, Dr. Chuck Missler. It's not up there on the screen uh, by Dr. Chuck Missler. He says this on page 221. There is a strong continuing move toward ecumenicalism. Let's all worship together. Right. 
He said it's very appealing to the worldly mind, but it's uncomfortable if you're committed to truth to take the Bible seriously. What is um, uh, astonishing is where the leadership towards ecumenicalism is coming from, from the Vatican. You can't make it up, guys. It's, I, I, I've got so many files on this, uh, on, on my computer, it's not even funny. It's coming from, now it's not exclusive from the Vatican, I will say that. But really, currently, at least, the driving force of this is coming from the Vatican. He, and then he says, you know, Pope John Paul II led worship with all manners of faiths. Listen, many people don't know this, uh, and beliefs. He led worship with Buddhists, snake charmers, demon worshipers, and more. The Vatican has declared that Muslims are saved because they worship only one God. And then, you know, uh, J. Vernon McGee, also in the same book right here, uh, Chuck Missler quotes J. Vernon McGee, and he's talking about him, and he's saying he, uh, he spoke about, uh, McGee did, of the fact that true believers, even in America, will eventually have to go underground, the underground church. He also added the attack against them will come from the denominational churches or many of the denominational churches. Look, guys, there's going to be at that time. Well, it's already happening right now. It's going to be even more so then. There's going to be um, the, the false church. Uh, what we see right now, we see the false church and we see the true church. You're going to be seeing uh, the false religion in the tribulation and, and the true uh, uh, saints of God serving the Lord, right? And the false church is going to persecute the true and it's going to be led by whoever the final false prophet will be. Very uh, interesting. You know, any resistance to this? Well, I believe that there will be some uh, from the saints, but it will be squashed. Why? Because ultimately we know when we look in Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and elsewhere, look, the church is going to be removed before these individuals are brought onto the scene and that false church will rise to even more power uh, than it currently has uh, today, you know. So, you know, all of these things uh, are clearly going to happen. We know that from the word, and uh, we've got to keep the main thing the main thing. What protects us today as God's people, as the church? Look, as I have people coming up to me on a regular basis, well, what about this? Or I heard this, or a group of people came up to me and said this, and I always direct them back to the authority of the word of God. We've got to know the doctrine of the word, what we believe. We've got to know what we believe. Listen to this. It says uh, on, in Acts chapter 2, 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, right, and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Ephesians 4, 14 says that we should no longer be children. In other words, immature, spiritually immature, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of what? Doctrine by the trickery of men. And the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. How about 1 Timothy 4, 6? It says that if you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ. So we've got to know the word to instruct others in the word. Amen? 
nourished in the words of faith and in the good doctrine in which you have carefully followed. So we've got to follow it, and then we give the doctrine of God's word to others around us, men discipling men, women discipling women. It says in 1 Timothy 14 and then 16, till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine, the doctrine of the word of God. Continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. I've got two more for you. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, and then chapter 4, verse 3. Now, verse 16 in chapter 3, it says, all scripture is given. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for what? For doctrine, reproof, correction, and training or instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. In other words, we're ill-equipped apart from the doctrine of God's word. So God's word warns us against this ecumenicalism and this one world religion. It warns us, you see. It says in 2 Timothy 4, 3, for the time will come. Wow, guys, are we not seeing this? When they will not endure sound doctrine. Churches aren't teaching sound doctrine. Right. They're teaching how to be wealthy, healthy, wealthy, happy, you know, name it, claim it, grab it, blab it, whatever. They're not giving the doctrine of God's word. What does it say? But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap for themselves teachers who tell them really uh, what they want to hear. Guys, it's it's a it's a shame. And um, I mean, it just doesn't need to be this way um, at all. But uh, let's look at this article now right here. Actually, it's not an article. It was a cover on Newsweek magazine uh, many years ago now, The Decline and Fall of Christian America. How sad is that? Look, there's a a number of Holy Spirit-filled, just on fire for Jesus, uh, believers, followers um, uh, of the Lord. We know that. But we also see, and Newsweek is pointing that out, and that was years ago now, the decline and fall of Christian America. Guys, we look at the, the you know, Pew Research polls, the Barna Research polls, others, and we're seeing uh, these graphs going in a direction uh, that's, that's not good, guys, right? And the word warned us about that very thing. In fact, look right here, Mark chapter 13 Uh, Verse 22, for false Christs and false prophets will rise and show signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Now, I don't believe that the elect can be deceived, right? Jesus said, look, uh, no one's going to snatch you, you know, out out of my hands, right? We see that. We're secure. We have the assurance of our salvation. That's the reason why it says, if possible. In other words, let's look at this again. The false Christ, the false prophets will rise and show signs and wonders to deceive. Look at this again, Mark 13, 22. If possible, even the elect. So it shows that that deception is just going to be so great, so huge. A deception that is going to be uh, just far worse than what we see today, right? I mean, guys, this is, this is serious stuff for sure. This is serious stuff. Look at this right here. 
Revelation 13, 11, Then I saw another beast coming out of the earth. This is the false prophet. And he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke like a dragon. So his words were forceful, um, but he had these two horns like, horns like a lamb, right? He, a, a lamb, lambs look, I mean, there's, there's, I've got a couple, my wife hates them. <laughs> I've got these, I think there's three of them, these Christmas ornaments uh, for our Christmas tree, and there's these, you know, furry kind of little lambs, and I just think they're cute, the cutest things ever, right? I mean, you, you ever see a ferocious lamb? I haven't seen a ferocious lamb, right? And so, you know, it, it just appears to be uh, just, you know, oh, it's peaceful and this and everything else. But deep down inside, this one that appears to be uh, just all, you know, sweet and, uh, and whatever, deep down inside, it's going to be like a dragon, guys. In fact, uh, uh, this is another uh, uh, photo that... Uh, Pete Garcia had sent me over there, and uh, man, you just see these, these horns on this uh, false prophet kind of figure right there, and it's just creepy. Now, don't get me wrong, the Word of God isn't saying that the false prophet is going to literally have uh, horns on his head, um, but we just see that for illustrative purposes, the point that the Word is getting across uh, to us. He's going to speak really the, a religious kind of psychobabble, uh, if you would, uh, you know, a religious chop suey uh, of sorts. And, and he's just going to it's just going to he's just going to bring it all. Uh, apparently, it's going to appear to all just kind of uh, come together. And, and he's going to use just very sly words and words of trickery and all of that. He's going to be demonically led. Look at this. Revelation 16, 13, and I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. So you just see just, just wickedness and, 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 and demonic demonism and all of these things uh, just to the core here. Look, folks, we know that people fall uh, for what's false. I, I've said so many times, it seems like with people in this fallen world that it's actually easier for them many times to believe a lie than to believe a truth. The lie seems to spread a lot faster than a truth does, you know? And uh, they can so easily fall for the lie and cling uh, and, and instead of clinging to what is true. Look at this, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. It says, preach the word, be ready in season, out of season, correct or convince rather, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come where they won't endure that sound doctrine. But according to their desires, because they have itching ears, like we said before, they will heap to themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Wow. Look at this one right here. Harbinger's Daily saying uh, survey finds less than half of professing born again Christians believe that Jesus was sinless. Well, wait a minute. And I like how they put in there professing born-again Christians. Professing. Because <laughs> sometimes I'm just telling I don't even know what to say about things like this. Look, if Jesus was a sinner, a sinner can't save a sinner. Only the precious, divine, sinless blood, one who knew no sin, became a sin sacrifice for us. 
right? It's kind of like saying, I have all of this debt. I have no money, so I'm going to pay your debt for you. You can't do that. A, a, a sinner has the debt of sin, cannot pay the debt of another sinner. You see, only the second person of the Trinity, God the Son, who knew no guile, it says, no sin, it says in the word of God, could pay the price of our sins. But why do they come up with these things? Because they do not know the doctrine of God's word. It's so sad. And why? Well, because they're not studying to show themselves approved. They're not being a Berean, as it says in the word, to be a Berean, to study yourself and show yourself approved. They're, they're going to uh, so-called churches where the word and the doctrine of the word is not being taught. And there you have it. Then they walk away and they, follow, they believe things like this, where half of so-called professing, Born-again Christians don't believe that Jesus was uh, sinless, guys. Today, there are uh, those that are leading the masses to follow, to trust, to believe in a fake representation of Jesus, you know? To be religious without knowing and receiving Jesus Christ as the one and only Savior uh, for one's life, uh, as is revealed in the word of God from Genesis to Revelation. They preach a false and anti-biblical Jesus. Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9, it shows uh, of these things, those that are preaching a, a false Jesus, a false Christ, and it says, let them be accursed. Strong words. Let them be accursed for doing such a thing as that. And so now the false prophet, right? The false prophet, again, as I said, he's going to be the propagation or, or the propaganda arm, right, of the unholy trinity. You know, as the Roman Catholic Church uh, obscured uh, really the word from people for the majority uh, of the, the centuries and, and millennial from people, so too will the false prophet. And it's interesting because, now listen, as the falsely religious Catholic Church persecuted the true church throughout the ages, so too will the global religious leader, the false prophet, and those with him persecute the saints and the tribulation. Now, there's some really interesting things here, and we'll, uh, we'll get into as much as we can. Do you know that the Vatican, this is interesting, that the Vatican um, uh, has two extraterrestrial, or, or, or what do you want to call them, um, uh, space observatories? The Vatican. Don't you think that's rather interesting? We're talking about so much in Congress and the Pentagon globally, hundreds and hundreds, I think over 600 of these UFOs. They can't even explain what's going on, things that are happening that are defying the laws of known physics, all of this. And the Vatican, for so many years, they have two uh, observatories. I think it's really interesting. You think about it. Um, you know, in fact, uh, here we just got uh, 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 a little picture or, or photo here of, of, uh, of man and, and UFO and, and that kind of stuff. But uh, uh, the Vatican, uh, think about this. When we talk about this, it's, it's really pretty uh, incredible stuff. The Vatican astronomers 
have reportedly been working towards locating extraterrestrial life. Um, this was now uh, about nine years ago. The Vatican Observatory co-sponsored a major conference on extraterrestrial life with, and bringing together 200 of the leading astrobiologists in the world. I think, I mean, I mean that's just, uh, that's pretty incredible, if you ask me. Now, they have one of those observatories in uh, Arizona. Another one of them is, uh, I believe it's like right outside of Rome there in Italy. And uh, in fact, there's even a book. It's called, Would You Baptize an Extraterrestrial? And Other Questions from the Astronomers. Uh, um, and it's in a box or inbox at the Vatican Observatory, hardcover. And, uh, I mean, they've even got a book like this. I mean, think about it. Would you baptize an extraterrestrial? Think about it. Now, I've taught before, if anything, th there's, there's no green aliens running around, but this is all part, I believe, of a global deception that will be used, that I believe has definitely the potential to be used by um, the final Antichrist, the false prophet, and uh, just a grand demonic deception uh, literally upon the world. There's another article, uh, the Vatican, uh, Vatican Knowledge of Extraterrestrial, revealed by John Podesta. That was interesting. Now remember, John Podesta was serving as counselor to then-President Barack Obama, and uh, uh, it's really interesting what is in the Podesta, they're called the Podesta emails that were released by WikiLeaks many years ago. And again, drawing a connection between this kind of activity and uh, the Vatican. A great deception, folks. Signs and uh, lying wonder, all of these kinds of things are going to be coming upon the world. Great deception is going to to happen at that time and guys uh, it, I mean it ain't gonna be good right it ain't gonna be good at all many are going to fall uh, for the deception of the Antichrist or the well we'll just call them uh, the unholy trinity Satan and the Antichrist and the final false prophet uh, in the last days Crazy, crazy stuff indeed. We continue down this thread. Look at this, Revelation 13, 14. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. Verse 15 says, and he was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. Now, check uh, this out right here. This one uh, was in the Daily Mail. Humans will achieve, and this is just what they're saying, humans will achieve immortality in eight years, says formal Google engineer who has predicted the future uh, so, so to speak, I guess from a, a technological standpoint, uh, whatever, with 86% accuracy. It says in this article, a former, former Google engineer has made a stark realization that humans will achieve um, that immortality there. And uh, I mean, uh, now listen to this guy. 
All right, well, let's play this here for just a moment. Listen to, we've got a couple of uh, short videos. Check this out. The Singularity During the Singularity, Kurzweil predicts that human life will be irreversibly transformed and that humans will transcend the limitations of our biological bodies and brain. He looks beyond the singularity to say that the intelligence that will emerge will continue to represent the human civilization. Further, he feels that future machines will be human, even if they are not biological. Kurzweil claims once non-biological intelligence predominates the nature of human life will be radically altered, there will be radical changes in how humans learn, work, play, and wage war. Kurzweil envisions nanobots which allow people to eat whatever they want while remaining thin and fit, provide copious energy, fight off infections or cancer, replace organs and augment their brains. Eventually people's bodies will contain so much augmentation they'll be able to alter their physical manifestation at will. Think about this. They'll be able to augment their brains. We've been talking about this for a while. Elon Musk, others have been working on this. Neuralink, all kinds of technologies out there trying to upload man to computer and, and have a mixture of these, uh, these things right here. Why? Because I believe that the desire is to be like God. Right? To be your own small g, God. Right. This goes all the way back to the garden. Remember uh, what the serpent said? Look, you will be like God. Right. Look, and he just oh, you're going to be this is they're going to put this off as a spiritual. You want to have a, a spiritual awakening. Right. You want to have a spiritual experience. Here's your opportunity, man. You will have the knowledge of, I, I believe they'll say, of the gods or whatever it will be, right? To augment human life, to be radically altered, it says, to transform the limits of their bodies. Now, uh, let's look at, uh, at this here for just a moment. Oop. Let's try this again. Okay, let's try it again. Predictably and exponentially, it doubles every period of time. So this little computer is actually billions of times more powerful per dollar than the computer I used when I was an undergraduate. We'll do that again the next 25 years. So we'll have computers the size of blood cells, the little robotic devices that can go through our bloodstream, its capability thousands or millions fold by connecting to the cloud. That's a 2030s scenario. We've been expanding our life expectancy for thousands of years. It was 19 and 1,000 years ago. It's 37 and 1,800. Uh, we're gonna get to a point 10, 15 years from now where we're adding more time than is going by to our remaining life expectancy. People say, oh, I don't wanna live past 90, but you know, I talk to 90-year-olds and they definitely wanna live to 91 and to 100. People sometimes say that death gives meaning to life because it makes time short, but actually death is a great robber of meaning, of relationships, of knowledge. We're going to be able to overcome disease and aging. Most of our thinking will be non-biological. That'll be backed up. So think about this. See, they're trying to, to do, they're trying to reverse the effects of a fallen world by embracing fallen practices instead of embracing God. Look, God's going to give us eternal life. What does it say in the Word? That, that there's going to be, when we are in our glorified bodies, right? The church is raptured. We have our glorified bodies. There's going to be no more sin, no more sickness, no more death, right? None of those things are going to exist any longer. So what does the enemy come along and, and do? Oh, look, 
we're going to accomplish this. No more, no more death, no more sickness, no more whatever it is. Because what God provides, look, the enemy loves to pervert. He loves to twist. He wants the worship of man. And this is all about worshiping uh, what? Satan. Satan wants worship. It's all about the worship of Satan during the tribulation, guys. Look at this article really here, right here. Harbinger's Daily, uh, falling for the oldest trick in the book, Google co-founder wants to build AI as a digital god. Crazy, crazy stuff, guys. Look, that's where they're going with these things. We could say a lot more about all of this, right? But I think we covered a lot of ground today. But, but look, we know what's coming, but we also know who's going, right? And we're going to meet the Lord in the air. We're going to meet him in the clouds in the air. And we're gonna, I, mean, I can't wait to go. I don't want to be here uh, in the flesh to some old age. I want to go to be with Jesus now, right? Well, guys, check these verses out here. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, beginning in verse 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love this. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Look, he's going to, what does it say? He's going to preserve us blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because he who calls us is faithful and he is going to do it. Look, the Lord is coming back, right? We sing this song, soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. He's coming on the clouds. We're going to meet him in the clouds. It's going to be incredible, guys. Titus chapter 2, verse 13 looking for, I'm looking, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's our great God. He's our Savior. We're looking to Jesus. But guys, not only are we looking for that moment when we get to go, but let's not forget this church. Live for him today. Live for Christ today. So there you have it, the second part, Globalism Rising, the False Prophet, and Global Religion. Next week will be Globalism Rising Part 3, and it's going to be money and uh, the global uh, economy, or the mark, I'm sorry, the mark and the global economy. It's going to be really interesting, and we'll wrap up the last part there of Revelation chapter 13. Don't forget to hop over uh, onto my own channel this evening at uh, Calvary Chapel Harvest Life. Uh, you can type in uh, Kurt Reed there on YouTube. You'll bring us up in a heartbeat at 6 p.m., and you can watch me tonight with pastor and evangelist Don Perkins. Till next time, guys. God bless you. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.